Good morning. morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, living out Father God's love, and transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Today is April something, 23rd, that's right. Uh, Next week, we got April 30th, and my sister in ministry, partner in crime, Amy, she's going to be preaching. Um, And don't miss it. And there's also, afterwards, there's Strawberry Festival, is that correct? Also, after that, Casa del Alferrera, a Hispanic congregation that's meeting in the afternoons on Sundays at, I think, 1.30, they're going to be doing just a celebration. It's a Casa del There it is. Dia de los Niños. It's a day of the children. They celebrate children. So I think there might be a bounce house out here being set up as we exit. And uh, I think they're going to be... There's usually really good food. I just, uh, <laughs> there's usually some carne asada. Some, um, what's that? What's the pork one? Carnitas. But what's the one with like mango and uh, pastor? That's what I... Whew, I that blesses my dreams. Okay. And then the week after that, May 6th, there's a marathon running around here. So just uh, heads up, you might not be able to get to this place the normal way you get to this place. So just look around on your maps and figure out what's going on. This is a time where we, uh, we pour into the community that's transforming the community around here. We stand up, and then since there's so many bugs still flying around, let's do the holy fist bump, and let's greet everybody that's in here. Ready? Go. For those of you that aren't standing, please stand with me if you're able. We're going to do this uh, ad hoc, we'll do responsive reading, call the worship. Your part is, the many will say, you alone. Okay? Ready? Practice. One, two, three. No. You alone, get it? Okay. <laughs> Yahweh, you alone. Are our inheritance. You alone. Are our prize, our pleasure, and our portion. You alone. Are our destiny, and its timing is in your hands. You alone. Are the pleasant path that leads us to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed. By the privilege that come from you alone. Let's worship the God. We worship Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
Healer, His love. 
scripture tells us. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Our old selves were crucified with him so that we might be slaves to sin no more. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This is what we mean when we say we are Easter people. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.
felt like a couple people wanted to clap, but I think that's okay. That's, yeah, that was beautiful. He's God's son, right? All right. We're in a study on First Peter. And if you don't remember, this is the third week of Easter, which means we're still, like Sharon was talking about, we're, we're the Easter people. And um, that also means we're second Exodus people. And for those of you who haven't been around me, um, 2017, N.T. Wright came out with a book, The Day the Revolution Began. And he asked a question. I had been raised in the church, and I had never heard the question um, I never really thought about it. Um, he said, if the atonement for sins, for our personal salvation, is the chief end of the cross and the primary end of the cross, why did the cross, and by cross I mean life, death, resurrection of Jesus, not, um, why didn't it happen on the day of atonement if it was our personal Atoning of sins was the primary uh, objective. Why did it happen on the Passover? And I had never thought of that. And so that's transformed and I think opened my eyes to Scripture in a way that um, I think we've been missing as followers of Jesus. There's a part of the cross and the and the resurrection of Jesus that has been kind of skipped over. Much like um, when I was around 25, I read Dallas Willard's The Divine Conspiracy, and they asked, and he asked the question, what does Jesus preach about most? And what does Jesus preach about most? Starts with a kingdom, ends with of God. <laughs> kingdom of God. He, he talks about the kingdom of God almost double anything else combined. He's talking about the kingdom of God the whole time. And so those two ideas kind of unpacked Easter um, for me and miss, like, a portion of Easter that I had been missing for most of my Christian walk. And that portion is it happened on the Passover because it was the second exodus. And this time, the first exodus was the people of God, the Hebrew, the, the, the Jewish nation, being freed from slavery in Egypt. The second exodus is for everybody. For you, me, everybody. Anybody that calls Jesus Lord is a part of the second exodus and becomes a part of the second exodus people, Easter people, and don't get me wrong, our sins are forgiven, and that's to be celebrated. And they're atoned for, and we are washed clean in the blood. All of that is true, but what is also equally true that we've been, I've, come, I've kind of missed out on is we are a free people group. We are freed. If we made Jesus the king of our lives, we enter into the kingdom triumphant to be now. And Dallas Willard puts it best. He says, we've been walking around like our, our goal is as Christians to get into heaven. 
But Jesus' goal the whole time was to get heaven into us by making him the king of our lives. And we get the spirit and all. You tackle on all the stuff we've been teaching and learning. But um, so I was reminded of this. I preached on it this past Easter. And I asked the question, how can we become better second Exodus people? How can we become better Easter people? And who better to go to than Peter? Peter had two best friends. John, Jesus had two best friends. Uh, John and Peter. And Peter writes this, he writes these uh, letters, these epistles, um, later in life. So he's this old fisher dude. And he's got this wisdom and this depth. And he's talking about how we live as second Exodus people. And last week, I talked about, um, actually, there's a quote by a guy named Moltmann that really sums up what I talked about last week. He says, the church's first word is not church, but is Christ. Do you hear that? I told us to let it seep into our bones that we've been set free. And we don't do that by focusing on each other or defining ourselves. We do that by focusing on Christ. You remember, he was the linchpin. He's the pin that holds it all together. His life, death, and resurrection is the only way out, is the only way to be second Exodus people, the only way to be free from our sin and from our death. And then I quoted, I said the gospel precisely. I wanted to correct myself. I quoted this book and I said, the gospel precisely according to this guy. I remembered his name, Matthew. Was anybody here last week? I remembered Matthew. <laughs> anyway, I'm impressed with myself. Uh, the gospel precisely by Matthew Bates. And he says, the gospel precisely is Jesus Christ is alive and is king. I left that off last week. But as and is king. Anywho, that's a lot of me talking. Let's get to the Word of God. Are you excited? Yes. Me too. Let's, let's, let's read a little more of 1 Peter. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 17. And I, th- I think some people ask me what translations I'm reading from. I, the call to worship was Psalm 16, 5 and 6 from the Passion Translation. And you, got, you guys responded back and forth. This is from the NRSV. And this is because I asked, what translation does this church read? And I was told NRSV, but you can't find an NRSV Bible in here. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I should switch to NIV. I like the NRSV because it's very Reformed, you know. And it's also, I grew up in a NIV. And so it, it hits me different. It, it, there's, he, there's phrases that stand out that I haven't heard in it. I don't know, it brings me, brings me life. Anyway, I'll give a talk on that some other day. Here's the Psalm, First uh, Peter 1, chapter, First Peter 1, verse 17. If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited 
from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with precious blood of Christ, like the land, like that, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him, you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that you would not only teach us something new, but teach us something new in a new way. I pray that you would, by your spirit, proclaim your word through this broken but redeemed vessel. May my words be forgotten. May may your words penetrate the hardest of hearts, even my own, and transform us forever, forever, from the inside out like only you can. And all God's people said... Live in reverent fear, as he, he starts out with. And yes, Jesus, when he says, this is how you should pray, he says, Papa, Abba. Our Heavenly Father through Jesus is our Heavenly Father, like Papa. He's that close. But we dare not forget, he's also the Holy of Holies. He's... He's completely other than. Solomon says, what's the beginning of wisdom? Fear of God. Peter picks that up, and as best friend of Jesus, he knows. And it's important to remember, God doesn't mind being questioned. He hates being ignored. He's God. We are in exile. Just a quick reminder. I got a sermon called, um, This is Not Our Home. It was one of the first sermons I delivered right after my mom died. It was up in Jersey. And I, I remember, you can just insert that sermon right here. This isn't our home. We're, we're in the kingdom triumphant because Jesus is our Lord, but not yet too. There's a, there's a book by George Ladd, The Gospel of the Kingdom. If you ever want to read about how the here but not yet is, how it works, it's a really good book. Um, but I'll keep, I'll keep cruising because the meat's coming up. How do we become second Exodus people? 
He, he tells us more about ourselves. We're ransomed. We're ransomed. We're bought back. What are we ransomed from? All of the above, right? Sin, death. In this passage, what's he talking about? We're redeemed from empty time. I'll read a quote by a, a commentator named, his last name's Herrick. He says, The church, through its participation in Christ, is in exile from time as mere successive history. I'll edit it here. From one darn thing after another. That's in quotes. Already in their worship of Christ, Christians know something of the fullness of time, the time of resurrection, which both conquers time as the power of death and gives time for Christian witness. The time of Jesus Christ cannot be represented by an arrow, a progressive movement in time. Rather, the time of Christ interrupts the arrow of chronological time and redeems and reconstitutes time in relation to the last time that is already upon us in Christ's living presence. I know that was a long quote, and I saw a couple of you glaze over. <laughs> but did you follow? In Christ, we're ransomed from just being one of the sheep, from just being part of the flow, to just going along with meaningless existence. We're ransomed from, man, it's another Monday. Gosh, really? I thought I did this already. We're ransomed, and it's interesting. Because what are the two things that Peter uses? Gold and silver. Aren't those kind of, <laughs> you know, you can melt them down. Aren't they kind of represent like a long time? But he says nothing compared to to Christ's time. And you, did you part, did you hear, everybody is cruising along. Jesus comes in, into the timeline, and blows all the perspective and all those just normal ideas out of the water. And he says, he raises people. That's us. Us. I, would you put the, the opening hymn, the last couple verses up? Sorry to throw a curveball. It might be complicated. Square it, times it by pi. I'm just kidding. Do you remember, what was the name of that thing? 228. Two, 228, oh yeah, yeah. My one beef with this song is he's not my redeemer only. He's our redeemer. And this song is exactly what Peter's talking about. 
I will sing of our Redeemer. Ransomed. He bought us back. His heavenly love for us. He went to this for us. That's me, you, all of us. How many people are in here? One. That's right. Us. He from death to life. He hath brought us. There's one more. And set us free. Do the next one. What the? Look at that. Look at this hammer of a verse. Cornell, once again, nailing it. Putting the right things right in the middle of our, what we're singing about. Sing, oh, sing of our Redeemer. He ransomed us. We re- keep repeating it over and over. He ransomed us. He ransomed us. He paid our debt. He paid it. He, he put all the blood, all the, all the stuff on himself. With his blood, he purchased who? Us. On the cross, he sealed. This, this screams a lot of things. It screams forgiveness. It screams pardon. It screams redeemed. But what else does it scream? It screams, we're sealed. We're sealed as a people. We're sealed. It's stamped. It's in there. It's like engraved on our souls. And it's us. It's not the individuals. It's us. He sealed our pardon. We as second Exodus people, we have this seal. We can't see it, but he can see it. It's spiritual, but it's more real than what we see. Math professor, can I get an amen? Dan <laughs> Chung will come up and teach math after this about how the unseen truths that math are floating through this room are more real than the seen. Right? Nobody's ever invented a math problem. They've discovered them. There's these Everest out there of these math problems. It's all because of God, this stuff. That's a way crazy tangent. Anyway, I was a math major for a little while. Forgive me. He sealed our pardon. He paid the debt. And he made us what? Free. Say it again. Free. We're free. Free from what? Sin, death. And in this passage, What? Empty, dumb days. Tomorrow's just not another Monday. Tomorrow's another day we walk around and we're sealed. We're stamped. Free people amongst slaves. Look to your right and look to your left. They're shackled to what they're doing. They're shackled to the powers that rule them. No, when you're in line. My wife was like, this is on Monday. Okay, my wife is awesome. I was, I was still on the Monday train, but that she, I got to pause, hold on a second. On Monday, tomorrow, when you wake up, this isn't just another Monday. Say that out loud. Not now, but on Monday. Say that on Monday. Say, I'm, I'm sealed as a free person. And I'm going to go through this world. And Calvin says, put your Holy Spirit glasses on. It's not worth going anywhere without putting your Holy Spirit glasses on. And you'll see people that are chained. They're shackled. They are not second Exodus people. 
They are slaves and they don't even know it. Any horror fans? Me and Nestor. It's like Chainsaw Massacre. You're dead and you don't even know it. Remember at the beginning of that movie? Malia was like, nope, I'm not going to see that. What did you say, Malia? Oh, yeah. Dan, I forgot that. Dan and Nestor will go. Anyway. The people cruising next to us are dead and they don't even know it. That's part of the, the sobering truth. But Peter says, keep your eyes on God. Realize you're sealed. You're ransomed. You're set free. What else does he say? Freed from empty time. Then he moves on. He says, we're born anew. We're born anew. You and I were born anew. We got to, you remember City Slickers? We get a do-over. We get a do-over, people. Through Jesus Christ, we're not only ransomed from empty times, we get a do-over. Remember on Easter when Amy was saying her testimony and she said, I was like this, now I'm like this. That's all of us. Peter's talking about that. Peter's talking about that truth. When Jesus enters the scene with all of his freedom and forgiveness, he makes us a new being. I liken it to my, my uncle. He had a stroke when he was like 40 or something. He was a Corvette guy. He got a stroke, and for some reason, he's a Mustang guy now. <laughs> for reals. He sold all his Corvette stuff, and he's a Mustang guy. We, we were all sin people. We were all slaves. Wiped free. We're not anymore. You may think you are, but you're not. And you're acting like you are. You're not. That's what Peter's saying. You're not. Your soul has been purified. You've been born anew. He's, 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 he's made the innermost parts of your being, which only he can do, new. It doesn't matter your age, right? Right? <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, it kind of matters my age. It doesn't when it comes to this relationship with this God of the universe who we are to fear, who sent his one and only son out of this huge, enormous love for each of us and us as collective to set us free. And then... Um, Calvin quote, because I'm reformed, I have to have one at least. Purity of soul consists of our obedience to God. Love is the imperative, not purity. And this is where I, I apologize for the sign out front. Anybody see the sign out front? kind of scary purify your soul show up at 10 (laughs) I don't know a lot of times I'm planning out these sermon series and I haven't really looked at the text and I'm planning them out and I'm I'm putting this and I I just wanted to look into what does he mean by purify my soul I want to find out what that means love is the imperative not purity not purify Love, 
So if I were to do it over again, I would change. I actually did it on the front of this. I crossed out Purify Your Soul, and it's another Love One Another sermon. Right? But it's another Love One Another sermon. I got another quote from this Herent guy. He says, that the members of the, the members of the Messianic community love one another with unhypocritical brotherly love. The Greek is in there, unhypocritical. What is my, my translation did not translate unhypocritical. What did it say? Deeply. Mine translated it deeply. Does anybody else have any other translations? The word there, fervently. Okay. The word there is ana. No, no. It's Greek. Angrocreton. Angrocreton. And it's unhypocritically is probably the best translation. Peter's calling us to stop the hypocrisy. Right? Oh, I love your outfit. That lady's crazy. (laughs) You know? Peter's calling us to stop that. And where does it start? Here. Brothers and sisters... This is yet another one of the sermons that I'm yelling at you and pleading with you. There's a direct correlation. If we like each other, not only love each other, if we like each other, people will notice. That's Jesus' apologetic. That's his, he says, my number one game plan is for you followers of me, all of you set free, all of you sealed, to love one another. A couple years have passed. Peter's an older fisherman. He's noticing in the first church, the early church, you know what we're still having problems with, guys? Being hypocrites. Saying we like each other, but acting like we don't. Not matching our words with our hearts and our intentions. Peter's saying, unhypocritical, brotherly love. And then he, this, this quote adds, Herring um, adds, is both the result of purity and the imperative that is rendered doable by it. Did you follow that? Our imperative is to love. We're given purity of soul by our love for one another. And our love circles back and gives us the power to be obedient and pure. It's like a, it's like a cycle, right? And once again, Amy talked about it on Easter. Remember she said, I'm not perfect, but I'm a lot better. Right? That's the same with me. 
I'm not a complete jerk. <laughs> you know, after following Jesus, you, you start to love one another. And then that love one one another starts to purify you. And you start to obey and it's easier and easier. Have you been in that? Have you been caught in that new life cycle? It's contagious. Makes you want to give Cornell stuff, right? Makes you want to give away stuff. It makes you want to share stuff. It makes you want to be nice. It makes you, you, you start to notice as the spirit starts rolling through this, you, it becomes easier to obey because you realize how addictive realizing being loved by God and loving people in that same way transforms you from the inside out. Amen? Amen. You get on this train and this train's bound for glory. You get on once you say King Jesus and we never get off. And that's how he ends it. That's how he ends it. We're ransomed, we're born anew, and we're got out of this meaningless day, and we're put on this different timeline that's outside of time, that everything we do is imperishable. It cannot be killed. It cannot be tarnished. Who does the making of the imperishable? Somebody yawned. <laughs> that means I need to amen soon. But somebody else, I think, said God. Or it could have been another yawn. Oh. <laughs> but you are absolutely right. God. Did you ever play that game with your parents or play it with your kids where you put something in your hand and you say, try and get this out? Ever? I remember, think, I did it with my Uncle Jim. My Uncle Jim was 6'7 at the time. Now he's like 5'4. But he was, he was back, back in the day, I thought he was the tallest man on the earth. And he was like this. It was before seatbelts. You remember, nobody had seatbelts in their cars. And every time you went, he had this big hoopty, he had this big caddy. And every time we were driving around, uh, he lived in uh, Independence, Missouri. And we would always drive around Kansas City in this big Cadillac. He called it the Ghetto Cruiser. Uh, and he would have me and my brother. And every time he went around the corner, he would put his arm like this and go, <laughs> we didn't need seatbelts. We got Uncle Jim <laughs> just pinning us to the thing. But I remember him one time, he said, you can have this. And it was one of those dollar coins. He always had these weird, he had $2 bills and dollar coins and stuff like that. And he says, you can have this if you can get this out of my hand. And I remember I just started punching him and <laughs> trying to get him out. And then my older brother, smarter, just starts tickling him. <laughs> and he loosens it up and gets the quarter. Can you tickle God? Can you get anything out of his hands? Absolutely not. It goes back to that seal. If God is for us, nobody can be against us. It's imperishable. We're set free from this meaningless life like most people are cruising towards death and sin. We're set free. We're not only set free from, we're set free to. And we're set free to this imperishable thing. I say I love you, Klaus. Something is put out in the world. That love right there, it's intangible. And you can't see it. But nothing can touch that. If it's in Christ Jesus. Right, Klaus? And I've heard him say I love you, Jason. It's that simple. 
Say it more. That's my last application. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure we didn't miss anything. Look at these notes. I got live in reverent fear of God. Purity of soul comes through obedience to the word. Read your Bibles. And primarily it comes through loving the way God loved you. And all God's people said, let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I said some simple but profound things. And I pray that by your spirit, you would seal them. You would teach them in not only head knowledge, but in truth knowledge and in knowing you, God, ways. Help us to love one another like you've called us this morning. Help that to trickle into our, and remind us of our purity of our souls. And may that both combine into our obedience to your word. And may that all just go back into, make this a place and a people group that loves like you called us to. And all God's people said. Just a word about the offering. We're not passing the plates, but actually deacons are going to be discussing in their deacons meeting this afternoon, and then session's going to be talking about it on Sunday. I'm going to hold off on that. I'm going to pray after this offertory over the offering. Um, But So I'm just giving you a heads up. We're not going to be passing the plates, and you put your offering in the plates on the way out. Um, For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, you send your tithes, gifts, and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And this morning's offering is received.
I don't know about you, I could listen to that all day. God has been good to us, amen? amen? He's blessed us so much. Let's return thanks and let me pray over this offering. God, I just thank you so much for taking care of every one of our needs. Even before we ask, you show up and you give. I pray over these tithes and offerings. And I pray over us. Us as a congregation, us as a people. I pray that you would use both these tithes and these offerings and us to let those on the receiving end know how much you love them. And all God's people said, please stand and sing the doxology with me.
No matter how dark the world may seem or how crazy messed up things are, John reminds us this in Revelation. God will dwell with us, and we shall be his people. And God himself will be with us. And he will wipe every tear from our eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Standing with God in between what is and what is yet to come. Will you please join me in prayer? Holy and gracious God, as we continue in our Easter season, remind us that you paid our ransom with your very life, and our freedom and salvation came at great cost. Never let us take for granted what you so sacrificially gave. Thank you, Lord, for all of the gifts you graciously bestow on us every day, even when we are too busy to notice. After weeks of cold and rain, you bless us this weekend with the warmth and comfort of your sunshine, and we are grateful. Open our ears to hear your wisdom. Open our eyes to see your majesty. Open our hearts to love as you do. Father, we pray for a world in desperate need of you. Thank you for all the U.S. personnel and their families that were successfully evacuated from Sudan amongst the violence of political unrest. We pray for your protection from the political chaos for the Sudanese citizens who are also facing issues from extreme poverty and global warming. Be with each one and provide for their needs. We beseech you, Lord Jesus. We continue, Holy God, praying for Ukraine and the Ukrainian citizens. The indiscriminate civilian targets of the enemy is reprehensible, and still it continues. Father, forgive us when we cry out, why? Why are innocent people being slaughtered? Why are entire neighborhoods being obliterated? Why are you allowing the aggressor to continue? We don't have the capacity to understand evil. So remind us that evil does not have the last word, and your good and mercy will triumph one day and forever. In the meantime, prompt us to pray for our neighbors far and near. Prompt us to do whatever we can to help and be a part of your solutions here and around the world. Merciful Lord, we need look no further than to our right and to our left to see the prayer needs of our friends. We lift up Buzz Coslin, hospitalized this week for pneumonia and difficulty swallowing. We pray, Lord, for your wisdom for the doctors and for Buzz to feel your loving presence with him and the depth of our prayers. 
We pray, too, for Patty's daughter-in-law, Lisa, recovering from open-heart surgery. We pray for your healing hand to rest heavily on her body, mind, and spirit, and for her to be released to go home soon. Father, we lift up our sister, Nora Anderson, to you and pray for her upcoming cataract surgery on Thursday. Be with her doctor that the surgery will be successful, and may your mantle of peace rest heavily on Nora as she prepares for the surgery. We continue to lift our prayers for healing for Patty Ernest, Keith Coslin, and Lou Lindsay. We pause for a moment to lift up those to us in need of a fresh touch from you, Holy Spirit. And we continue worshiping you, Lord, praying as you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand as we continue in worship with our final hymn, Standing on the Promises.
That's awesome. We are standing, right? It should be our, we are standing. Anyhow, uh, we don't do this. And we'll start right now. Let's just be a place that loves it like crazy. I, round of applause to Philip and Sean. I gave them no heads up and they threw together, like they threw that stuff up on the screen. Round of applause to Micah. Round of applause to Cornell and Sharon for picking out the hymns. Amy for being an amazing teammate. The choir. Right? We're Easter people. Yeah, I think for, for me, but I don't think I need a round of applause. I got a big enough head. Relax. Uh, I started the sermon with a quote from Montmont. Here's the rest of that quote. And I think the rest of the quote sums up today. Last week, we talked about the church's first word is not church, but Christ. It's all about Christ. Amen? Amen. The church's last word is not church, but the glory of the Father and the Son and the Spirit of liberty and love. Our last word is about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's not about ourselves. And it's about the freedom that we have. And it's about the love. Receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, forevermore. May it be so. Amen.